Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargame. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. That's right, where we go over the review. We go over all of the tournaments that have occurred at the weekend, and we look at some of the winning lists, and we discuss what that might mean for the Age of Sigmar 3 meta, and what it might mean for you as a Warhammer player, which is an exciting time to be a Warhammer player. I'm live on Twitch right now, and I'm joined by the amazing Twitch family on The Honest Wargamer, Rob Kelly, Nezil, Chucklebutty is resubscribed, Tomb King Tristan, Diadrin, Get Hook, Malk, Warhammer Rob, MJ Pegasus, friends one and all, Vladium, hi Rob. Oh, Vladium, so nice to hear from you. I hope you're well. Massive love to you. Uh, so all of you. Normally I do this show with a man called Owen Jackson, but Owen's very busy with work at the moment. So I'm going to be taking you guys through the, the uh, information today. As of yet, no stats because we haven't had enough tournaments, but we have started to have Age of Sigmar 3 tournaments, so we can start talking about some of the lists, or whatever. But very much like the two tournaments that were held here at the TSN Arena, because that's where I stream from, people have played one or two games of Age of Sigmar 3 at most, before they're playing in a competitive environment. So it's going to take a while before we really understand the meta, we really understand what's been happening. I did do a show last night, again, with some of my experiences of Age of Sigmar 3 in tournament setting again last night, if you guys want to go and check that out. And of course, I'm going to be talking about it more tonight on the Age of Sigmar Monday show uh, at 7pm with Nathan, James and Dan. So it's going to be uh, really good for that. Hello everyone in the chat, what's going on? If you're listening to this as a podcast or back on YouTube, thanks for doing so. Hit like, subscribe and all that other jazz. Right, this weekend. Ooh, okay, we had some Age of Sigmar 3 events. Let's do this. Hey, Collaroo, yes, love you. Uh, great to hear from you. Uh, right, so this weekend, let's talk about some of these events. So uh, we had the Return to the Realms at Leidis Games in Leeds in the UK. The TO was Simon Bidet, and there were 16 players. Great number. Uh, it was a one-day event in three rounds. Really nice. It's a monthly series. Sorry, it's a monthly series of events, the top four from each going to a finals in November, which is a quite cool little uh, wave to work it. I like that. That's really nice. Uh, they play Tectonic Interference, Savage Gains, and The Vice. We've got Professional Rob today, big fan. Thanks, Tristan. I'm doing, I'm doing the, the pro for the Stat Center and then the chill for the THWG show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, they're playing Tectonic Interference, Savage Games, and The Vice. The Vice is our Fortnite battle plan where we end up with um, them uh, shrinking down into a single objective in the center. Savage Gains is Old Battle for the Past, so two in the center, uh, and then your opponent's objective is worth four, ours is worth one. Um, Rob Kelly saying, Professional Rob is a poor man's tangent, Rob. Listen. You all discuss which Rob you wish. I'll just carry on. Uh, so I don't... It's too early for even me as a commentator, in my opinion, to even really talk about how those battle plans are going to change the shape of the game. Because there's just too much to deep dive. Like, what lists are being run? Who's running what? We haven't, like, so, had some big 100-man event so we can kind of start to understand where the meta at, is at. The game has actually changed significantly so much in my opinion, via this edition, that we've got to talk about everything. The one constant, though, is, of course, eels are good. Always a constant, uh, which is good. Um, uh, MJ Pegasus, quick shout-out for the Faction Reaction Shows. Thanks. There's going to be more coming this week, which is going to be good. Uh, Nicky Williams, I miss Flannel Wayne Rob. He'll be back. It's just it's too hot in the TSN arena at the moment. Um, is the Fortnite battle plan, is dancing mandatory? Can they get 
definitely. Uh, so this event at Liadis Games um, was uh, won by Jake Helm, and he took a Daughters of Cain Keltnar list. He went 3-0 with that. However, there was someone else in the 3-0 bracket, and this seems to be maybe a bit of a theme over the weekend, and this is David Nemeth with the Disciples of Zinch Guild of Summoners. Um, and I think I have these lists. Let me just double check. Uh, putting it all together has been a bit... Now, uh, let me just make sure. Yeah, Guild of Summoners. So David's list for the Guild of Summoners. I'm going to get these written up on the Honest Wargamer website. And then I'm going to include them in the show notes. So that's going to be one of my jobs today. So if you are watching this back on YouTube, you can click them. And if you listen to the podcast, you can find the links for this as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so his list, he took a Guild of Summoners each list, um, and his, he had a change caster, uh, which is a great wizard, so good, who's a general. Um, he's got another change caster, which is a great pick as well, Kairos Fate Weaver, and a Magister. And then he had 20 pink horrors as a battle line unit, and two lots of 10 pink horrors. Love this list. Chronomantic Cogs, which is a like, you're going to see that in every single list. Chronomantic Cogs, for every unit, every wizard within six inches, gives them an additional cast. Not an additional plus one to cast, but an additional cast. So that means all of your wizards that are one cast wizards go up to two cast wizards. So they become so good. Yeah, And then those uh, pink horrors. I run 30 pink horrors this weekend. I think I'm definitely going to drop them down to 20. 30 is too much. You just can't kill 30. Nothing can kill 30. Like, you might as well spend the points somewhere else. It's like the old conversation between having 40 more tech, 30 or 20 more tech. And a lot of people ended up playing with 20 more tech because they were like, hmm, they rarely kill. With a harvester behind them, they're like, they rarely kill 40 more tech. So that's a kind of an interesting take there. Um, and I would agree with that on Pink Horrors. So, but you still have 40 Pink Horrors, which is 200 wounds before you talk about characters. Um, and then his additional enhancement was an artifact as well. Uh, a Angle, what's going on? Um, so that's the list. And I think that's very interesting. So much interesting stuff coming out of Zinch, specifically because of Chronomantic Cogs. You talk about the summoning. There's summoning available to Zinch in a way they've never had it before. They're already good casters, become better casters because they can cast more. Change casters are particularly good because they can uh, like kind of like cycle through their spells. So the Daughters of Cain list is uh, Keltnar, um, and he's got the Bloodrat Medusa Hag Queen. Now the Bloodrat Medusa is a general because uh, spoilers uh, that allows your snakes to be battle line. Uh, Hag Queen and another Hag Queen, both of those in there, and then Marathi Cain, of course, in that list. And then he had ten Blood Sisters, and he had ten Blood Stalkers. So those. Uh, 10 bow snakes and then the 10 fighty snakes then two units of 10 witch elves right and then well, okay studio is with the chat big love to benjamin love you tons check this out five doomfire warlocks thrown in there as well um <laughs> leo crusher crucial list of this weekend remember to put monday off <laughs> i know bud leo leo are you leo leo i love you leo so happy to see you this weekend that's great now it all makes sense huge love to you leo what a lovely fella uh anyway 10 Blood Sisters, 10 Blood Stalkers, um, and then two lots of 10 Witch Elves, and then five Doomfire Warlocks. I really like that because it gives him a bunch of different options. I think one of the things that's really interesting is we talked about the MSU edition. Um, I think I'm a different Leo. Oh, but still excited, Leo, that you're here. That's good. One of the things about the MSU edition, in quotation marks, is it's definitely not the MSU edition. It's the Hero Hammer edition. However, for scoring the battle plans... Um, I've got so much to say on how you interact with objectives, how you can get max points for your VPs, how differentials should be the only way that we play. 
in my opinion, of course, not a statement, not stated as fact. But uh, again, wicked shout out. So this is over in Leeds uh, and this is at Leodis Games. If you want to ever get yourself over there, that was Jake Helm. Um, and then it was David Nemeth running that Wicked Disciples of Zinch list in the Guild of Summoners. Really like that. So big shout out there. Um, hey, Cartier, I'm about to talk about uh, the Russian event in a moment. Uh, if Warlocks can be effective in tournament games, then this is great news, says Cartier. I think they play a role, right? They can do a bunch of stuff. Specifically, they're very fast. So if you ever wanted to do um, Savage Spearhead, which is two units inside your enemy's deployment, they're someone that could combo up with Marathi because you throw a Marathi forward anyway to, to do the damage um, and generally just to like pin your opponent back. Doomfires could go with them. That gets you that battle tactic easy peasy if you want, as well as provide support. Uh, although I will say something about um, uh, Marathi, which came up on Saturday, actually, which I got some great feedback on. Normally, Marathi, um, previously, you would you would try and do as much damage to Marathi as you could. In each turn, she can only take three. Interestingly, now with Unleash Hell, you charge in. You've got the potential in your opponent's turn to do three damage in a turn where maybe they would have charged in to a shooting block, that shooting block would have never done the damage back to Marathi. But now with Unleash Hell, you could potentially drop three on her. So she might die a little quicker than she previously did. I still think she's absolutely top tier, like 100%. But maybe not quite as... Uh, uh, but then don't charge the shooting units, maybe. Um, uh, so uh, Sentinel stock increase against this Dijin. You've got it, baby. <laughs> Um, uh, please elaborate on the differentials. Maybe it's just you and me interested, but I want a freaky deep conversation on it. Okay, uh, I'll quickly before I talk about the next one. Okay, I'll, I'll be really plain and quick for everyone uh, around the world because I've had a couple of messages from different TOs around the world. I'm going to put up an event pack today, I think. But let's just be super clear. When you play in a singles event, you either win, you lose, or you draw. Unfortunately, or fortunately for Age of Sigmar, there's major win, minor win, draw, major, minor loss, uh, major loss and so you give different points for that so over the course of four five three to five games six games whatever what you want is you want someone to be the clear winner so you don't have to go to secondaries however there's a really really fun way to play where you do a 20 nil system and I've talked about this before but I'll just be really click, quick and clear basically if let's say me and Colonel Cabbage played a game of Warhammer and he scored 15 points by doing battle tactics and his grand strategy and whatever, and I scored 15 points, then that would be a draw. That would be a draw in a normal game as well. However, if he scored 16 points, and I, well, no, let's make it 17 to make it easy. If he scored 17 points and I scored 15 points, he would do, he would get a major win, right? So if I lost by only two points every game, at the end of five rounds, it would look like I'd lost five games and Cabbage had won because for some reason we played each other five times. Cabbage has won five games. So that would how it would look on a kind of score sheet, you know, like when people are like, I came 47th in an event. You're like, oh, bless your heart. That's amazing. Like, so that's cool, right? However, differentials are far more fun because when you're losing, you've got the opportunity to make yourself lose less. And what I mean by that is when Cabbage does beat me by 17 and I score 15, there's a two-point difference. Now, in a differential scoring system, and the one I use is a two-point difference, so if every two points Cabbage would beat me by, in this case, he beat me by one lot of two points, it goes from your start at a 10-10, and then that would take it to an 11-9. So he's beaten me 11-9, right, which is great. If ever, And then if he beats me by another two-point differential, for instance, I score 15, he scores 19, that's a two-point differential again, that means he scores 12, and I score eight. Now, what's so fun about that, 
and I'm going to do a video on this so like it's a bit easy to understand. What's so fun about that is even when you're losing, you can learn to lose less. In the win-loss-draw uh, win system that you have, in the win-loss-draw system, you just lose. It's not the most fun experience for tournament gamers. But actually, you had some great feedback from Declan at the weekend who said he was really pro. He loved this system, even though we were using it as a secondary. We were still using win-loss-draw, but we were using it as a secondary, the differential. And the reason we were doing that is because people are like, okay, I'm losing, but I could lose better. So it's a difference between getting smashed in a 19-1 in a or being like, hey, man, I got three points out of that. It was a 17-3. So it's like it makes you feel better in loads of different ways. And it also shows the variance. So in that uh, situation I just discussed when, about me and Cabbage, even though Cabbage would have five wins and I would have zero wins in the 17-15 difference, he would only end up with, uh, over the course of five games, he would get 11 points for each game. So he would get 55. And I would get nine for each one. So whatever the fuck nine times five is, 45. That's not good maths. Is that it? Have I nailed it? But whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. So the point is, is it just more interesting and fun for the players, even when they're losing, even when they're getting smashed, even in the mid table. And that isn't something I'd actually thought about. It was some feedback I got at the weekend that it was more entertaining for them. They're not just like, I lose. They're like, oh, I didn't lose that bad. And that's a fun feeling. So anyway, uh, I'll, I'll do a better video on that later. Uh, but I think it's something for you guys to go away and think about it. So a 20-point win means you have 10 more points in your opponent. Uh, you would need... No, that would be... You need 20 more points than your opponent, Mandolis. You would need 20 more points in-game. In victory points, you would need 20 more points. Uh, so your victory points, which is like, I know someone beats me 23 to 17. Um, and that would be a six-point differential. Uh, and so that would be a 17-3 in tournament points, so TPs. Okay. Uh, hey, JP, when they just played one day event this weekend, tabling opponents turn two is actually worse for the scoring back tactics need the games to play out. Yes, JP. Yeah, you've got it. Don't kill people <laughs> is the answer. And big shout out. Well done, JP. Smashed it. Yeah, if you won 30-10 in point, the results goes to a 20-0. Rambo Scroll, you've nailed it. Appreciate that. Um, uh, round up or down? Uh, round down. Round down. So an 11, uh, if you beat me if you beat me 15 to 14, then it's still a draw. That's what you've got to do, baby. But you, I mean, it would be a win. It would be a win for the primary. There we go. So sorry about that. A lot to talk about there. I'll try and make some pictures and make it easier, and I'll do a whole video on that. I know it's not quite the stat center, but it is interesting for tournaments because we haven't yet necessarily finalized what tournament structures might look like. I hate it being done on battle tactics. I think that's rubbish. I think that's so bad. Don't like that at all. This is far more interesting, far more fun for the players. I find it far more fun. Like, you're just losing less, which is so fun. Um, Changes the game to an objective game, not a killing game, says Rambo Squirrel, which is great. Yeah, I really like the scoring system. Thanks, MJ. Um, pictures, please. Someone else, I'll do some pictures. I'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> 20 system promotes stronger armies more than games workshop is... More engagement is not ideal for balancing. Uh, Twenty-o system promotes stronger armies. It doesn't. It doesn't because that's not how it works. If that helps you, Granaldi, it doesn't promote stronger armies. Stronger armies play anyway. Every system promotes stronger armies. The it doesn't change the goalposts for promoting different and stronger armies. It's just, it's just there. Uh, if that helps you. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, right, so next event to, to, to talk about. On the 10th of July, we had so- Simon Southern Scrap, who we had Simon on the show the other day. Um, and the TO was Simon Hall, who did our Cities of Sigma breakdown. 24 players, so quite a large event. This is in Australia, by the way, in Queensland. Big shout out to everyone from Queensland. Love you tons. Uh, 24 players, one day event, and three rounds. Now, the winner was Corey, pa- uh, Corey Papanemi. Uh, Papanemi, I can never say it right. However, you may remember Corey from earlier on in the year running the Daughters of Cain Corey's Gambit. So he was the one who was doing um, uh, the bringy dinghy. So Lacquan the Soul Seeker, along with Marathi and also Mirapool. So like he'd already played around with like moving stuff, like having a very teleporty list and done really well with it. So this is Corey. He then uh, went three and zero this weekend, along with three other people: Dave Kerr, one of the former Australian Masters legend and such a great guy to play against, and Scott Wyatt as well, great guy. Yeah, and we so uh, Corey was actually running Disciples of Zinch. This is our third Zinch list we're talking about now, which is really interesting. Uh, and a runner-up was Dave with Slaves to Darkness with Despoilers, and then third was Scott with his Daughters of Cain and Keltnar. Again, another example of Keltnar being in there as well. Now, so I've got the lists. Give me a second, everyone, just to get the lists. Uh, oh, I've not got the list. I do have the lists. One moment. Sorry, everyone. I thought I had the list somewhere. Boom. Let's go get this. Let's go get these lists. Uh, right, so Corey's list uh, was Host Duplicitous, this each list instead. Uh, he had Prize Sorcery, which is Grand Strategy, so keep your wizards alive. And then he had Fate Weaver again, and Bellacore was allied in this time. So, so useful. Uh, Blue Scribes and then Ogroid Thermitage, who's pretty good at 165 points now. And he was the general. Um, uh, and it, uh, there's a really good reason for that. It's in another D6 Mortal Wound spell in addition. Uh, and then he's there. we also had a Great Bray Shaman of Zinch, who was allied in, and a Change Caster. Then he had two lots of 10 Pink Horrors and 10 Karakakalites. Now, I'd like you to know that the, t- the Pink Horrors were FAQ at Simon's event the same way they were FAQ'd at my event that they couldn't split unless they went below their starting unit size so there was no shenanigans with the horrors and in fact Corey was playing them like as is which is great because um, it already been so Simon had already FAQ'd this so this did well without that happening um, and then he ten, took 10 Kerakakalites as well. And then Chronomantic Cogs and Umbral Spell Portal. And again, those Cogs and Umbral Spell Portal are going to be those things that you see taken all of the time. Yeah, um, all the time, right? Because you're going to get an extra cast on all those wizards. You've got Bellacore who can shut down an opposing unit. You've got the Pink Horrors that can like pin you in because Host Duplicitous you can't retreat from, which is really important. If you do take them below 10 Brimstone Horrors, you can start to rally them back as long as they're outside of combat. So it's a bit of a control deck being able to like control them. You've got the Great Bray Shaman, his War Scroll, Kairos will know it, could do it through the Spell Port sorry, and Devolver unit. We saw this a lot in Zinch. Um, uh, lists with Archeon previously so that's a way of controlling you've got Fate Weaver to turn, turn a, da- a, a dice uh, you've got Bellacore's ability so much stuff happening there so an amazing list uh, done by Corey there and we'll talk um, uh, more about that in the future uh, Dave Kerr it, he also went 3-0 and so Corey uh, first place, but Dave in second. But again, he won three games. So absolutely worth talking about. Uh, now, Dave's been running Slaves to Darkness for the past year. So he's moved straight into three, knowing more and more uh, what he's going to do here. Um, and he's got a despoilers list. Um, and he's got Archeon the Everchosen. Can't mess about with Archeon. Archeon is going to be... there is If you have an Archeon on the shelf, just get him off the shelf. He's going to play so well in three. 
their finest hour, giving them plus one save, plus one to wound. Then, every time someone attacks you, immediately giving them cover. If ever you get Mystic Shield on Darkeon, he's basically unkillable. Because Mystic Shield takes him to a two-up save. Then, whenever you attack him, you use all-out defense. Sorry, I keep saying take cover. Use all-out defense, so an additional plus one. So, basically, he's got plus one save, and he ignores Rend 1. Or, if you have Rend 2, he just goes back to his normal save. And you just don't really have Rend 3. So unbelievable he makes you re-roll sixes Archeon is through the roof he's like should be at Nagash level points like a thousand points he's so good heroic recovery every turn is a hero action which isn't the same as all-out defense it's not the same resource so he's also healing d3 every hero phase so you've got Archeon starting and then that's not including his innate ability in his hero phase that heal an additional d3 so you've got Archeon who is pretty much always on a 2-up save. Sometimes on a 2-up save, ignoring Rend 1, if you've got Mystic Shield off, and then is healing 10d3 over the course of 5 rounds, if he's alive for all those 5 rounds. You're not going to kill it, is the answer. Unless you have Gotrek, and then you'll kill it. Okay? Um, uh, so, uh, like, just really good. Archeon is a great decision. At 830, insane. Insane. Uh, right, and he's also uh, Mark of Zinch, uh, which gives him re-roll ones in Slaves to Darkness. So a two-up, re-rolling ones. I don't know if you uh, have ever played against that. I played against it the weekend. Rubbish. Right, so he's also got a Chaos Lord, um, and he's uh, also, in addition, the general? No, he's got an Arcane Tome. All right, nice. Then he's got 20 Chaos Marauders, another 20 Chaos Marauders, and 10 Chaos Marauders in his battle line, so 50 Chaos Marauders there. And then he's got the War Shrine. So really just looking to hold those objectives. Um, uh, and like, So just an amazing list. Really, really positive. Uh, love that, and I think it's uh, uh, just so good. I play the Slaves to Darkness, uh, and um, uh, says Charles, that there's a, sounds like there's no way getting around Archeon now. There isn't. You just have to, you, yeah. Uh, Tom Senbu, healing 15 D3. Thank you, Tom Senbu, for doing the math. Of course, every hero fees healing D3. So healing 15 D3 over the course of a game if you don't kill him. So you can't chip damage Archeon, is what Tom, Tom Senbu is saying and what I'm saying. So Dave knows that. He's just going to throw that at his opponent. Um, he's got those spells to do the work. Just incredibly impressive. Very, very, very good. Uh, and he's also, if you see, he's got himself at 1945 points. So he can get down uh, to a triumph if he really wants to. Um, if you see Archeon Dagash, just don't bother even trying to kill him, says Kolaru. And I think that's a fair statement at the moment. Hey, Jabba Slide Lover, big love to you. Uh, going arrogant, so strong into Archeon. Don't fight him, just stop him fighting, says JP. Yes, JP, that's going to work really well for Lumineth. That's some good tricks. If you play in order as well, you can put Gotrek in, and Gotrek will kill Nagash or Archeon, and he won't kill their back. So you've got that kind of like rock, paper, scissors. Um, so if you can design something that can kill uh, Gotrek, then maybe all the Gotreks kill all the Archeons and Nagashes, and then you can kill the Gotreks. It's kind of the only really way to work around it, but it's a problem. It's a problem. Normal armies, normal um, lists just don't play. The They just don't have the, the legs. I would like to see some of the uh, infantry units actually come down in price, um, or they're going to have to put the price up on those models. Like, you need to put Archeon closer to 1,000 points uh, rather than uh, the 830s at now. That's crazy it's crazy that he's 90 points more expensive than Archeon but that's fine uh, sorry than Alariel 
crazy world. Yeah. Two plus saves are just dumb, says Kanigit. I think that's a fair point. I agree. I'd like to see um, the all-out defense not be applicable to uh, character monsters. I think that that's a change that would be really good for the game. Um, Smorgan says, Victorolic Spray fucks him and he gets two chances to ignore it. Of course he does. With a five-up, five-up, because he's into spoilers. With Mark of Zinch, he gets a five-up spell ignore. Uh, he also has a five-up spell ignore or four-up spell ignore on his own war scroll. So you could also do some incredible... So you could ignore spell. You're ignoring spells and you're ignoring rend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't get uh, ignore curse though, right? Says Angle. No, he doesn't get ignore curse. You've got it, Angle. That's it. We've just got to pop. He does ignore mortal wounds on a four plus though and any sixes return a mortal wound. So that's something to be aware of. So really got to ask yourself how can you kill Archeon and how can you kill Nagash? And Dave's a legend. So Dave's going to be pushing this to its, uh, to its skill. He's, going to, he's a skilled player with a skilled list and it's a powerful list and he's going to be pushing that through. And you can definitely see why he did so well. So big shout out to Dave. It's going to be one of those early conversations. And then Scott. Now Scott came uh, third, but he also went 3-0 at this event. So huge shout out to him. Uh, now he was running Daughters of Cain, Keltnar. Uh, he was taking Marathi Cain. He had a Blood Rat Medusa, who was the general, and he had a Slaughter Queen, which means two units of 10 Witch Elves and those 15 Blood Stalkers. There we go. So 15 Bow Snakes, and then two units of nine Canine Shadow Stonkers, and then the Blood Rat Viper. So in no way different, really, just a little less stuff than we've seen for Age of Sigmar 2 armies, and that is a 100% dick-kicking top-tier S-tier list. It's wicked, wicked good. Like... The 210 Witch Elves are going to just go grab objectives or screen quite nicely for the Bloodstalkers. I would say maybe, maybe it has some problems on some battle plans. Like, this is going to work really well on the Vice. Like, if they knew the events, uh, the battle plans ahead of the time, like the Vice, is, it's going to work really well on that. And I don't think it's necessarily going to play quite as well into maybe, uh, like, First Blood or... Um, uh, What's the other battle plan that I'm trying to think of? Uh, not Tooth and Nail. Um, uh, Survival of the Fist. Survival of the Fist, which is four. Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, because you could hold two and trade objectives. But that unit of Bloodstalkers is going to uh, do battle tactics all day, um, which is really good. And then Marathi Kane can go in like... But they, he can really only hold two objectives okay. One objective okay. The other one he can't defend super well. So if you were able to like overload one objective, because on um, on that there are four objectives. So holds one well, shoots from it, sends Marathi to an attack your opponent's objective. If you can hold your two well and somehow attack their their other weaker one, then maybe you could switch it up on um, uh, the primary. But you're going to get battle tactics all day with Marathi um, and the Shadow Stonkers. The Shadow Stonkers can just both teleport and immediately you've got the battle tactic for two units inside your opponent's territory. Like, and that's a hard one to achieve for some armies. And this is just like, I don't even... That plus run, plus like conquer. Like, and you've already done your battle tactics. So now you've just got to get primaries. And that's maybe where this list would be weaker. But it wasn't at the weekend. 3-0, and baby. High fives. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, are there any meaningful ways to play Chaos Demons, by the way? Says Charles Dead Lizard. Do you like Pink Horrors? Have you heard of Pink Horrors? Because you could take a lot of Pink Horrors. If that helps. Um, skill player, skilled list, says Nikki DeWilliams. Yeah, I got that. Uh, right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So that was this event. That was that event. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well done to Simon Southern Scrap. 
Next up, Barbarians Brawl in the TSN Arena. Uh, shouldn't pick that up. But here in Nottingham, uh, the TO was Matt. Uh, so uh, intern Matt, uh, as he's now known, is now he's now um, tournament boss Matt. So he was the TO for the weekend. I was the judge, um, and generally the rules questioner. Uh, I think in, in some of those situations, some interesting things came up, uh, which was quite fun. Uh, but nothing uh, particularly over the top. A really great experience. We played First Blood, um, Survival of the Fittest, and Tooth and Nail. I think because those are all the new battle tactics and hold one, hold two, hold more battle plans. So I wanted people to play with that and then we switched it up. Uh, then we did that for the same thing for the team's format as well. So people got practice with those particular battle plans. It means that, you know, you can go to another event like you like, oh, cool, I've practiced one of those ones that's fairly new. So happy with them. Uh, I think the event was great. Like... <laughs> don't know what to say there's a link in the chat if you want to come to the events but um i don't want to big up too much but i think it was a great event uh the people that came were amazing so that's the really important part uh i'm gonna say there um so th it was one it was one by the lovely michael stewart with his seraphon but his seraphon list was different which was cool so it's thunder lizard um and he had his taken on uh with chief who was the line breaker and uh then he had a slant star master a skink star priest and a skink priest he had 30 skinks of course 10 skinks, and then he had a unit of two salamanders, one salamander, and then he had a bastillodon uh, with the solar engine. I think he only had the one bastillodon with the solar engine. And I really like that because it's got so many options um, uh, in that list. The stegodon can do, obviously, heroic recovery on himself, so that's going to be really useful to keep him alive and do more damage. There's a lot of shots coming out of it as well. Those 30 skinks and those two salamanders are still two more threats. So he's got 30 salamanders as a threat. Oh, sorry, two salamanders as a threat. A one salamander that's a threat, like just walking around being a threat. Uh, he's got the 30, which is cool. And then he's got, uh, of course, that Bastillodon that could fire twice. Um, so I just think that you've got some like real options there in that list. And he did really, really well. Um, uh, and it also plays into, again, I think it holds objectives quite nicely. If you try to charge it, it's going to shoot you off with the, the salamander skinks. They're going to hit you. Um, uh, like so they're gonna like be able to take any you trying to grab their primary objectives if they flood you early it's even potentially got the output to take out an Archeon on a gash because it's got the Ren 2 on the Salamanders and also the Mortal Wounds um, uh, so like that's kind of like effective-ish it's also got the ability to unbind spells and Archeon only wor works super super well if he's got I mean Shield of Fate now on Archeon and Zinch is obviously amazing um, so like being able to take anything off or just stopping that Mystic Shield on Archeon again really useful for shutting him down with Nagash maybe you're trying to shut some spells down uh, but you definitely can do a good amount of rend to Nagash and you can bring him down and um, uh, I think you think you can do okay with the Salamander. You just got to keep them alive. So uh, a great, great uh, run, and he's just a lovely bloke. Like just such a nice guy to like talk to and hang out with. Uh, so Michael Stewart at the weekend, he was the only player to go three and zero, which was cool. We had a couple of like close draws, which is uh, fun. Um, so yeah, and we saw some Nagashes, we saw some Gotreks, and, and, and that. We had another event at the TSN Arena. So this is a teams event. Um, so tribes. So we run a, a team event uh, most weekends as well at the TSN Arena. So this is four teams of four, which I played in, which was really fun. Again, the the TO was Matt. Same uh, battle tactics. Sorry, same battle plans as before. So first blood, tooth and nail, and um, uh, survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest is quite in uh, no tooth and nail. I think tooth and nail is the one where you. 
you can't summon a unit and it do any do any actions. Or that might be survival of the fittest. That's survival of the fittest. Great battle plan. So interesting. Not being being able to summon a unit and not do stuff with it. I would say pretty mandatory for the amount of summoning you're going to see come out of um, Zinch at the moment. Is five bloodthirsters still okay? Says Blinky. It's still okay. Probably. You could do fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nagash does laugh at Ren too, I, especially if you have a Vengori Lord with Nagash. Yeah, um, but fine. Uh, now that that event, so that was four teams of four playing around Robin. So every team played every team, uh, and very close. Dragon Slayers were here in attendance, which was super cool. Uh, amazing, John Dale, Ad, Andy Hughes, Fabian. Great seeing Fabian back on the scene playing some Warhammer. Like, and I got to play him, and I, honestly, one of the most fun games of Warhammer I've had. Like. Great, great human being. I'd love seeing more events. Love to cover some of his games. Great, great guy. Um, uh, so the Dragon Slayers were there, but then the Wales under thirty ones took the event out. That's right. One of the uh, the Welsh team leading up to Age of Sigmar Six Nations, which is happening later in the year. Getting some re practice rep games in as soon as possible. Going through the pairing process, playing some top end games. So that was really good. So that team consisted of Math Mallow running his Sylvaneth. Blowing people's minds um, with uh, with Alariel, uh, Dan Arnold with his Deepkin, a practice Deepkin player, a wonderful person, and also like going to do some really good work with them all the time. Greg Shelton with his Soulblight Grave Lords list, which is uh, the Vengori Lord and Nagash shutting down the additional Rend, so Nagash never dies. Uh, which is crazy. And Mark Brooks with his Kotet, who I also got to play. Uh, Knights of the Empty Throne, having six of them as leaders in their finest hour is madness. Madness on those guys. Being able to do heroic recovery. Madness on those guys. Um, so good. Obviously running Inescapable Doom, uh, running uh, the Grasping Plate. So a good six-inch piling. Quite nice being able to do redeploy against that, though. I managed to pull that off this weekend. He moved within six. I redeployed away. Really happy with that. I think that's a really good tactic to kind of shut down those six-inch pylons, which is quite nice. But what I was not able to shut down was his two-up armor save on his Knights of the Empty Throne unit. So his six Varangard, uh, two-up armor save, re-rolling ones, because it's marked Zinch in Slaves to Darkness. Could do nothing about that. Fired about 20 rend, no, 200 rend one shots into it. Wasn't able to kill it. Um, he also had Bellacor in the list as well, so for shutting stuff down. An amazing list, Mark. Uh, I think Mark's got so many options in that list as well. He had a Chaos Lord, he had a War Shrine, he had Marauders, he had Chaos Knights, another unit of Varangard with Mark the Snesh. Obviously, there's a Teleport in that list as well, and that's really good. So I think Mark's got loads of legs. That list has got loads of legs to play again and again and again. And again, I'll get that written up and I'll stick on the Honest Wargamer website if that helps everyone out. Uh, so yeah, great weekend. Well done to those guys. Uh, close second um, for... Uh, close second for the Dragon Slayer, so shout out to those as well. Now, our final event over in Russia is the Arrow Challenge. Now, this is a TTS event being run by uh, Philip Kartiev. Oh, let me just get my information out because uh, while Philip set up the event, uh, lovely guy, he uh, played in the event, so he passed off uh, the... Doo -doo -doo -doo. Give me a second. Give me a second to get this information in. Uh, 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 what, who am I looking for? There we go. Thanks very much. Uh, it was um, because he was running, uh, playing in the event. Uh, the judge was um, Dennis Koklov. I think I've said that right. Uh, so he kindly agreed to run the event so Philip could run it, which was cool. Um, 
uh, and like yeah, like very much appreciated him sending me the information. So shout out to Phillips. This is over in Russia. Uh, now, oh, there's a bit more information about this event. Let me just go grab it. And that information is it's a three-round tournament in TTS. One week is given for each round, so we are still in the proceeds of the first round. The missions were First Blood, Apex Predators, and Savage Gains. Not a big fan of the Apex Predators battle plan because I think it's just too... Already we're saying the problems are character heroes. Those are the problems. Apex Predators just reinforces that problem as a battle plan to play. But it maybe, maybe that's not the case. Uh, now, again, Zinch... Uh, going 3-0. and So we had Zinch and we had uh, Zinch going 3-0. and Oh, no, Legion of the First Prince, sorry. So the Zinch list run by Stross, who came first, was a host duplicitous list uh, with um, uh, Archeon, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, and then Kairos Fate Weaver. And then he had 10 Karak Acolytes twice, and he had 10 Pink Horrors, and they had the Umbral Spittle Portal, the Burning Head, and the Emerald Life Swarm. So that Emerald Life Swarm being able to tick and just help, like, heal anyone, right? Does he want to heal Archeon? Does he want to heal Kairos? Who knows? The 10 pink horrors can hold objectives really well, and Kairos, and Archeon can go and smash. And the important point there, he's got Infusion Arcanum on him as well. So he's got plus one to hit, plus one to wound. He's minus one to save. All the things I've already said about Archeon. Kairos also super powerful and dominant as well. And uh, he didn't take, interestingly, didn't take the Chronomantic Cogs for the plus one to cast in this list instead taking the portal and the burning head and the emerald life swarm so i think they might not have faq'd pink horrors so they might i'll get some info from philip so they might have had those 10 pink horrors turn into 30 pink horrors over time uh, but i'll get that information big big shout out to stross and hosted blisters you can't run away from them um so the list at the top of the round have won only one game so far. Thanks, Cartier. Appreciate you loads. And Philip's list, uh, who's in the, who's in here? I double check. Could you just remind me what's happening with the your pinks at your event? I'd be interested to know. Um, he's got Legion of the First Prince with Bellacore, the Dark Master, and then he's got Kairos, a Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince with the Mark of Corn. I'm pretty certain. Uh, Slaves to Darkness. Does it say which mark he has? I imagine it's going to be the Ark of Corn, uh, Mark of Corn, and another Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince. And both those are going to shut down your charges. Bellacore is going to shut down uh, your charge range because the command ability on the Demon Prince is for Corn. Bellacore is going to shut down a unit for a certain amount of time, and then three lots of ten pink horrors, the Umbral Spell Portal, and Life Swarm. He's going to pick a unit. He's going to do flat six mortal wounds to it. The Gift of Change from Bellacore, generate a Steve the Spawn. Um, then he's going to do an umbra. Then he's going to do a life swarm. He's going to heal up either Bellacore or Kairos uh, in that list as well. And those slave starting steam princes. Um, yeah, they're corn. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate that loads. Uh, so again, a really solid and dominant list. Hey, Steve Dooley, what's going on? Uh, played my first game of Rose Three at the weekend. Really enjoyed the new format. Much more interactive and enjoyable. The only thing I think may need changes are maybe more difficult grand strategies like kill general, keep yours alive. Should be worth more VPs to incentivize you to pick it. That's an interesting point, Steve. Love that. Big shout out to you on that one. Um, uh, so yeah, love that. Well, okay, so that's so that's going to be ongoing. Hopefully, Philip will send me more information as that continues. Loads of love to the Russian community. They've got some great work. Now, I know there might be some more events from somewhere in the world, and I haven't heard about them. I would love you to tell me and find out. Drop me a message. Do me a DM. Fire me some messages, any thoughts you have. I'm going to try and put up later today uh, my tournament pack and also tournament information that I would use at events going forward. Um, now that's just based on my personal opinions and stuff that I think my players have fed back to me as being enjoyable. Uh, so you don't have to use them, but hopefully it's helpful, basically. That's what I'm looking for. 
And that's the stat center. That's everything. We haven't had a lot of stats uh, because, again, these are just one-dayers or events that are ongoing. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. There's more information. How dare I? How dare I? There are upcoming events. Uh, Saturday, and 17th, uh, Saturday the 17th and 18th. So that's this weekend coming up. You've got the Circle City Clash in Indianapolis, USA. You've got the Renegade Open GT in Plymouth, Minnesota. Um, the Fridays is the teams and the weekends the singles. You have War Under the Mountain, which is a 20-player event uh, in Orange, New South Wales, Australia. Uh, and then you've got War in the Mortal Realms, which is an 18-player event at the Bad Moon uh, Cafe in London, the first one since covid so super happy that Hugh and the guys have got an event down there in London soon. Uh, so that's good. So events all around the world happening. Um, it's opening back up slowly and responsibly, of course. But I'm really happy to see events coming in and getting information in. Um, so anyway, four games on Friday night. Gobbo, Skaven, Big Wild, and S. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, anyway, thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the Stat Center today. Uh, of course, you can listen to this as a podcast. You can watch it back on YouTube. And it's only this good because of the twitch chat my bros my gang my team in the chat uh so love to all of you thanks for being here um uh, love you the show is uh, sponsored by everyone on the honest war game patreon so that's how we're able to do the show so thanks to all of you uh do aos 2 events still count uh, they account but like the game system is new like we're all in in a new headspace like like it's worlds like, uh, second edition? Why? Why would you do second edition? Like, who cares? Like, is the point. Like, let's just all play the new game, is where I'm at. Um, but if you are having... Like, at the end of the day, playing Warhammer is playing Warhammer. Who cares? Like, enjoy yourself, is what I'm saying, to quote Mr. D. D. Watson. Uh, and thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I, we are live again tonight, every Monday, 7pm, on uh, Twitch. We're live uh, with the Age of Sigmar crew, uh, talking through all of our Age of Sigmar thoughts for the week. Uh, and I'll be live every day this week with more faction reactions coming soon. Uh, so big love to you all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us, Wargamer. We'll see you soon. See you guys soon. Goodbye. <laughs>